teaching the Prophet question the nature of the deceased, the one who had passed by, whether they are relieved or whether they are giving relief. So when he said this to the Sahaba, they said, Ya Rasulullah, what do you mean by whether he is relieved or whether he is the one giving relief? And Nabi Wasallam defined the two. And Nabi Wasallam said, Al-Mustariqu, the one who is relieved, Al-Abdul Mu'min, is a believing servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yastariqu, that he is being relieved with nasab dunya wa adaha from the trials and the afflictions and the difficulties of this world ila rahmatillah and he is going towards the mercy of Allah subhanahu so he is relieved the one who is relieved from the difficulties and the trials of this world and now he is being transported to a better place of relief ila rahmatillah to the mercy of Allah subhanahu and they said well, what am I Allah then who is the one who is relieving? Nabi said, Al-Abdul Fati, a sinful transgressor, or an oppressor, or a tyrant, that yastarihu minhu al-ibad, where the people of the world are being relieved from him. Wal-Qiyad and cities and lands are being relieved from his cruelty. Washadaratu and people and, and, and the trees of the world are being relieved from his cruelty. Wattawabu and even animals are being relieved from his cruelty. So in the last four uh, subjects that the Prophet discussed regarding a person from whose relief is sought, First of all, a person who is an oppressor of people in the world. When Allah Ta'ala removes them from the world, Allah is granting relief to the people. When there are people who oppress a land, when they are removed from the world, Allah Ta'ala is granting relief to the people of that land. When there are people who oppress the natural creation of Allah and in some unnecessary way destroy the environment that Allah Ta'ala has created, when Allah Ta'ala gives death to them, Allah Ta'ala is relieving Allah's natural creation from the cruelty of that person. What the world of a person who was cruel to animals, when that person dies, Allah Ta'ala is relieving the animals from their cruelty. So when we pass away, we need to figure out in which category we want to fall. Mustarihun, the one who is receiving relief from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the trials of dunya, or Mustarahun, the one who Allah ta'ala is relieving the dunya of their character and their personalities and their quality. So the articulate nature of this hadith leads us to understand that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is what we are experiencing, that the oppressors are remaining alive in the world. And the oppressed are leaving this world. But is it not a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when he decrees death for one who is oppressed, then Allah ta'ala is granting them relief and they are relieved. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives continuation of life to the oppressor, it is so that they can reach a greater standard of their oppression in that in the hereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish them in according to the levels of their oppression. So therefore the greater the oppression, the greater the punishment from Allah Ta'ala. So we will ask why is Allah Ta'ala prolonging their lives? Why doesn't Allah Ta'ala send death to the oppressors? It is because Allah prolongs their lives for a reason. In that Allah Ta'ala does not want them to get away lightly in the hereafter. But because Allah is just, an oppressor can even question the just nature of Allah Ta'ala in the Akhira and say, 
that Ya Allah, your punishment is disproportionate to my crime. That you are punishing more more than in proportion to the crime I have committed. So Allah Ta'ala allows you to commit crimes upon crimes, crimes upon crimes. So that when the wrath of Allah Ta'ala comes upon them, it is so extreme in nature that Allah Ta'ala made them commit not through the will of Allah, nor is Allah accountable for that, but Allah Ta'ala in His wisdom allows them to commit extreme crimes because Allah wants to give them extreme punishment. So this is the wisdom in how this world operates and the functionality that we as human beings cannot see. But when it comes to the oppressed, I had a conversation and this is where, this is what initiated this discourse. That I was speaking to a person and naturally all our conversations are directed or in some way is going to have some connotation to what is currently happening in Palestine. And so I made an initial statement where I said, may the curse of Allah be upon the Israelis and the Zionists and especially the greatest curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be upon Netanyahu, clearly after referred to as Satan Yahu. And the person, alhamdulillah, I think that uh, the spirit of understanding was a bit misplaced, but nevertheless I can admire the attitude towards the hadith of the Prophet And so therefore they said to me, but Mulana, you have just cursed. I said, yes, I've cursed. And he said to me, but didn't the beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and he did not quote the entire hadith, but he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, a believer is not a cursor. And you have just cursed. Allah knows best whether it was in some way inadvertently uh, questioning the quality of one's iman for someone who has cursed the enemies of the Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I will obviously apply uh, my best uh, thought regarding the intent. I said, but isn't a believer, according to the hadith of the Prophet which is sahih and which is authentic, said, isn't a believer should not curse? And the hadith of the Prophet requires explanation. That's why sometimes we need to understand the intricacies of usul al-hadith, of the principles of hadith. It is not necessary that every lay person, yes, alhamdulillah, hadith is acceptable to everybody, accessible to everybody, and everybody can learn. But sometimes we should not develop our own verdicts on certain hadith by literal value. So it's a very complex study. And Alhamdulillah, we are not going through these courses, so they, they do understand what is uh, contextual in the hadith. So the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is where the Prophet Sallallahu said, That a believer is not a defamer. And if we are those who want to be categorized as not necessarily just Muslims, but true believers, then we don't defame people. Whatever we know about people, we keep it to ourselves until absolutely necessary to save others from harm, we can disclose it. But we should not publicize or try to defame people. If the law of a secular government constitutes defamation as illegal, then surely the source of this and the origin of defamation being something which is harmful to a community comes from the deen of Islam 14 centuries ago. So therefore, let me say something, a mu'min is not one who defames others. Then secondly, the Prophet said, وَلَيْسَ That a mu'min is not a cursor. Let me just to complete the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu said, لَيْسَ الْمُؤْمِنِ الْفَاحِشِ A Muslim is not the one who speaks rudely. وَلَيْسَ الْمُؤْمِنِ الْبَذِيرِ And a mu'min is not the one who speaks obscenities. 
meaning speaks profanities, meaning use a lot of swearing. You know, we know to some people, Friday is their second favorite word that starts with F. We know what the first favorite word is, right? So, this type of obscenity and profanity is unbecoming of a Muslim. Yes, sometimes we all go through a bit of frustration, we are annoyed, we cannot control what comes out of our mouth for some reason, the filter becomes dropped. If in a private moment you experience some form of frustration and you may utter a word that is regarded in the English language as an obscenity, try not to develop that habit. But today, sadly, we have become a community where when young children are impressionable and they pick up on the language of adults talking, especially amongst children. We should not use this type of language, no matter how angry we are. Even if it's a spousal argument between husband and wife and there are children present, we should contain that argument and we should conceal that argument. Where there are just two adults expressing themselves, but obviously in a way that's going to try and recreate peace and reconciliation rather than make the matter worse. But when children hear these profanities and these words, naturally they think it is normal behavior to use it in society. And I see in many homes that when a child uses profane words, people laugh and consider it as amusing rather than reprimand the child. So what I'm saying is, yes, we all will succumb to our weakness at some point, but there must be no consistency, no consistency, and there must be no mentality that these obscene words will become part of our vocabulary, where we have normal conversations with each other. We must keep it as respectful as possible. So when we focus on the word we are. It's very important to understand grammatically that when the Prophet said, Yi'an, this is known as Sihatul Mubala. It is something which is consistent and something which is continuous and something which is an attribute of the one who does it. So here when the Prophet said, a mu'min is not a cursor. The Prophet said, did not say a mu'min is not the one who is lying. So there's two words there, Yi'an and Yai. Lying means the one who curses once off or in a moment of frustration or due to extremity of the situation. But Yian is a person who consistently and continuously curses. So a mu'min is not a person who curses all the time to make this very simple. And every time. But once in a while they will do it based on circumstances. A lying is a person who does it circumstantially, occasionally based on the situation. So here, the Prophet is regarding the indictment against a believer who every day of their lives in any situation will curse people. That is not the characteristic and the quality of a believer. But yes, a believer may do it once in a while and that is pardoned and forgiven by Allah Ta'ala. Even the Prophet had cursed, although the Prophet himself, when he was to make a dua and to curse the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said that I have not been sent, Lam ob as ayyan wa lakin bu'ifu rahma. I have not been sent as a curser, but I have been sent as the one who is rahma for people. But there are precedents in the hadith of the Prophet where he cursed certain tribes that had denigrated against the commands and the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So occasionally it is acceptable. But to do it consistently and continuously, this is not the characteristic of a believer. Secondly, the oppressed, when they curse, this is a curse that is a very, very, very serious action and can have very serious consequences against the one who they curse. 
for Nabi Sallallahu has mentioned hadith for two variations wherein he said that ittaqu da'watul mazlum that fear the dua of the oppressed fa'innaha laysa bainaha wa bain allahi hijabun because between the oppressed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is no way that can obstruct their dua to Allah ta'ala but in another hadith it is stated that ittaqu subbul mazlum that fear the curse of the oppressed meaning if a person is oppressed then they are allowed and permitted to curse their oppressors and it is concluded in the same way فَإِنَّهَا لَيْسَ بَيْنَهُ وَقَيْنَ اللَّهِ عِجَابٌ because there is no way between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so in this regard when we curse the Israelis and when we curse those who are all anti-Muslim and the enemies of Allah and the Rasul and the Deen of Islam then this is a legitimate curse and it does not hold any indictment as a believer but one who curses everybody all the time for no relevance or no particular reason then this person it is an indictment against his Iman and it is not a characteristic of the believer then we find that the oppressed will not be the one who curses you we are seeing parents using their children in Palestine and oppressed Muslims all over the world and even people who are not Muslims because the oppressed we look at them in a general sense we do not only look at them in a particular specific sense but we only empathize and sympathize and make dua for those who are oppressed from amongst the Muslims no Alhamdulillah in Muslims thinking is more broad it is more expansive than anyone of any religious denomination any cultural background any ethnicity who is oppressed we are duty bound as Muslims to make dua that Allah Ta'ala remains all oppressed people around the world because that is the nature of the humanity of a believer but when we are speaking particularly regarding Palestine and we know that parents are losing children we see sad images of fathers holding their dead babies in their arms and they are crying that they are showing an outer level of strength but internally we know that there is deep-seated pain and grief and when the heart is grieving naturally you're looking at the victim in your hand who is someone that you love and when the heart is grieving even without intention or involuntary a curse is going to emanate for the one who oppressed and the one who took the life of innocence this is when parents will grieve for children that are victims and they are children that will grieve for parents who are oppressed and between Allah and these who are oppressed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer the dua and will take the curses of the oppressed for the oppressors in a very serious life and I'll conclude if you look in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is held to the highest standard of morals and scruples and piety and impeccable character and exemplary behavior this was this is the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there is no defect, there is no fault or critique that can be directed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam any believer who in some way thinks negatively about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then that belief is questioned he is the perfect man and the perfect example لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Allah Ta'ala confirms this in the Holy Quran that indeed in the Messenger of Allah Ta'ala you have the most perfect example and one who is perfect from any fee, uh, from any defects or any blemishes or any faults who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he creates as a perfect being and wants to create the perfect example for mankind Allah ta'ala creates 
situation where no critique can be available. Subhanallah. And this is how fortunate we are to have a pedigree and a character of such a leader and which we must be thankful for. So when you look at the oppressed and the oppressor and speaking about father and children, a beautiful incident comes to mind. Yes, it was not beautiful in its depiction, but the results were beautiful and shows us that sometimes Allah Ta'ala, an oppressor, might be able to suppress some form of curse and retaliation. But those who find their loved ones being oppressed due to the love, the curse will emanate from your hearts. You know, in saying this, there was an oppressor who was a Muslim in the time of Sayyidina Imam al-Hazali Rahmatullahi ta'ala and so people tried to test him and he was a known oppressor but he was a Muslim and people tried to test him that when he died they said to him, O Imam now naturally there are people who come with hidden agendas and the people were very sincere and so the one with hidden agendas wanted to test him and say to him, O Imam what is going to be your supplication for this Muslim who has passed away though he was an oppressor? Now look at how sometimes scholars are tested and you have to use a high level of wisdom. So if he cursed the oppressor, they would have said to him and criticized him as a scholar, how can you find it appropriate to curse another Muslim? Surely we are duty bound to make dua that Allah shows him mercy rather than cursing. On the other hand, if we make dua explicitly that Allah shows that person mercy, then others would have said, how can you as a scholar of high ranking make dua of mercy for someone who has an oppressor to Muslims? Okay, so can you see the predicament? So look at these Muslims. He made the dua. And he said, Allahumma alhamhu biqadadi ma rahim al-umma. He said, Oh Allah, show him the same mercy that he has shown to the people. Can you see his wisdom? Show him the same level and the same proportion of mercy that he had shown to others. So he did not curse him, neither did he directly pray for his mercy that Allah forgives him. He said, Ya Allah, as he was in the world, deal with him in the same way in the hereafter. So this is the wisdom that is used. But really quickly, and you know, I've done this for three consecutive weeks, and I'm very sorry for that. But I just want to mention this, and I'll try to go through it as quickly as possible. When the Prophet Sallallahu is going to give us the concise summarized version, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was performing Salah in the precincts of the Kaaba, so there were seven of the most severest enemies of the Prophet Sallallahu and the most highest-ranking Kuffar. Then when they saw the Prophet Sallallahu going into Sajda, then they decided that today we will mock and today we will do something that will derogate and debase the Prophet So they said to one of them that you know what, we have believed a certain person has slaughtered an animal and the entrails and the intestines of the animal, you know all those things that we find repulsive, that bring those intestines and those entrails of the animal and while Muhammad is in Sajda, let's put it between his shoulders. And so they did that. And they placed it upon the blessed back of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Imagine why he is in communion with Allah Ta'ala. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not move from that position. But the little daughter of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sayyidina Bibi Fatima Ta'ala Anha, some say she was 11 years old at the time. Someone said to her, Oh Fatima, that this is the disrespect that has been shown to your father in the precincts of Dakar. And 
So whenever we hear the name of the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu it should be a bit more audible than this. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because we don't want to be those who the Prophet has the good. But you are saying in English, some people cut off their noses to spite their face. But that means that a person will intend offense, revenge, or malicious intent, not knowing that that is going to be reverted to them and they are going to be the victims of their own intent. That's what it means to cut off your nose to spite your face. So those who want to offend the Prophet by not saying So this is in a nutshell regarding those who curse and we curse the Israelis, we curse the Israelis and we curse every enemy of Allah and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deal with them as we do just inshallah. Wa ma aliyya illa al-balaqul mabeen wa ma gwaal makriya fa rukiya kaadu shaykh khalid rajaq Fatima Malinda, Samir Sayyid, Fatima Baizu, Ghulam Rasul Sayyid, Hadiyya Muhammad Salih, Rishad Ahmad, Ahmad Kassar.
صراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغلوب عليهم ولا الضالين إن الذين يكتبون ما أنزلنا من البينات والهدى من بعد ما بيناه للناس في الكتاب أولئك يلعنهم الله ويلعنهم اللاعنون إلا الذين تابوا وأصلحوا وبينوا
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله استغفر الله Salam 